Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1103 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, on this depressingly snowy Sunday here in western New York. Ugh, I, uh, I I don't know. I don't look out the window right away when I get up in the morning. I was just up and in the shower and, you know, you get your routine going. And I didn't really look out the window until about after I'd been awake for, I don't know, 45 minutes, half hour. And I stared and just like, are you kidding me? Like, I knew it was going to snow. It wasn't a surprise. But still, just to see it for the, the first time uh, this morning was just like, ugh, snow. I mean, luckily, it's not sticking uh, to the ground, at least, you know, not where I live. So you didn't have to shovel or nothing. You didn't have to clean off both cars this morning. But still, it's like, man, can we be done with this? Hopefully soon. It is the last day of March, of course. April 1st rolls around tomorrow. So hopefully, since it is officially spring, maybe we, we could stop with the snow anytime now. Would be great. Thanks, Mother Nature. Anyway, uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Phone lines are open for you this morning. Race fans talk about anything going on in the world of motorsports. We've got NASCAR in Texas today for today's race out there in the Lone Star State. And uh, Jimmy Johnson on the pole. Jimmy Johnson performing well. What? That hasn't happened a whole lot this year. He was miserable last week at Martinsville, but he's on the pole today at Texas for today's O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 with uh, teammate William Byron on the front row. Is today the day the Chevy wakes up and gets their first win of the season as it's been a JGR versus Penske battle here so far through the first six races of the year with uh, each team winning three races apiece, including uh, two for Brad Keselowski and two for Kyle Busch so far here in 2019. Uh, will Chevy finally uh, snap their funk here to start the year and led by possibly the 48 team uh, turning things around as they've been off to a rough start. But the big thing we're talking about this morning is this week we got our first look at the schedule for the Cup Series for 2020. And we've been talking a bit about how there's a lot of change coming to the sport uh, for NASCAR, at least when it comes to 2020 and 2021 with uh the continuing rules package involvement, a potential new car, a Gen 7 car, schedule changes, the end of the sanctioning five-year sanctioning agreement with the tracks, uh, NASCAR's takeover of ARCA, NASCAR's takeover of ISC, all this, uh, the new sponsorship for the series sponsors. It won't be a Monster Energy Cup Series next year. It'll be called something else, and there'll be more sponsors involved. You know, how it's all going to look, and we, we're starting to slowly get a glimpse of what NASCAR 2020 and 2021 are going to look like. And uh, this was a big part of it with the 2020 schedule. That's what we're going to talk about here this morning to start the program. And look, would love your thoughts at 803-0551-888-550-2550. And also, we're going to talk more about it with one of the tracks that was affected with the new schedule. Well, of course, the one closest to us at Watkins Glen International. As uh, one of our favorites here in the program, Michael Printup, the president of Watkins Glen International, is going to join us in about 10 minutes to talk about uh, Watkins Glen's uh, stance and maybe give us some behind-the-scenes look of what went into the schedule changes for 2020 because one of the changes on the schedule is the fact that Watkins Glen International's date on the Cup Series, it's still there, um, 
but it is two weeks later. It is going to be August 16th in 2020, uh, shifting two weeks forward from its traditional, usually that first weekend of August. Uh, that usually is when the Cup weekend at the Glen Falls, and next week or next year it's going to be August 16th. This year it's still first week in August, but 2020 is moved ahead two weeks, so that is going to be a bit of a change. Uh, for maybe more for some people than others, but uh, if you plan your summer vacations or taking off from work or, or whatever, uh, because you go to the cup race at Watkins Glen every year, uh, be, sure to, be sure to take the right weekend off next year because it is two weeks later. So we're going to talk to Michael Prince about that and the schedule in general and what the future holds for Watkins Glen's uh, dates on the uh cup schedule going forward. I don't think they're in danger of losing the race because of how exciting that race has become and how popular road course racing has become, uh, which is a different tune than maybe 20 years ago when, especially before ISC bought the facility, when there was questions every year. Was NASCAR coming back to the Glen uh, every year? That was kind of a big question mark for, for especially you know when the Budweiser sponsorship went away and they had all those different sponsors. They had Centurion Boats and Sirius Radio and Hell of a good sour cream dips at the Glen. Um, well, that was more an ISC thing, but uh, just the 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 late mid to late nineties into the early two thousands, especially when there's a lot of New York City NASCAR talk. Uh, actually, Michael Printup was kind of part of that, uh, trying to bring a track to New York City. The Glen might have lost its date, but now it's kind of firmly entrenched in the schedule, and it's a big part of the sport. But we will talk to Michael Printup as we look at the 2020 schedule. And really, the best way to look at it is to kind of start from the end and work backwards because the big changes are towards the end of the schedule, uh, especially the where the schedule ends, because in 2020, no longer will the uh, major national series champions be crowned at Homestead Miami Speedway. They'll be crowned at Phoenix, or ISM Raceway as it's known now, but I'm still going to call it Phoenix International <laughs> Raceway uh, for now. Uh, but Phoenix is now the final race on the schedule for uh, the Cup Series, and probably most definitely, although their schedules haven't come out yet, the uh, Xfinity Truck Series as well. So Phoenix, with all the money that ISC dumped into that facility and all the changes they've done over there and you know reconfiguring the track and everything in the new infield, uh, all that work is now making it the facility to host the championship, which is both a good and a bad thing. I think it's you know great. I love going to Phoenix. I talk about it all the time. I've been there and, and love watching racing there. It's a puts on some interesting racing. Um you know, it's not a mile and a half track, and it usually puts on exciting racing. So that's great. But then Homestead not being that championship location, I think that's terrible for Homestead Miami Speedway. They're really losing out. They still keep their date in 2020, but it moves all the way back to March, uh, late March, uh, March 22nd. So would have been, you know, like the equivalent of last weekend from a year from now, um, you know, 51 weeks from now, they'll, they'll be in Homestead Miami Speedway. So that really hurts because Homestead was kind of this, you know, it's it's provided some great racing in the last years, especially with the playoffs, but I think the drama of the playoffs has added to that. But just some race in mid-March now, is it going to be as exciting going to Homestead Miami Speedway? Uh, you know, the market of Miami, are they? how are the fans there going to respond? They're going to have, you know, spring training baseball and, other, you know, there's other sporting events in and around that weekend in the Florida area. You know, how, how are the fans going to react? It could be a good thing for people that like to travel to races, you know, going to Miami in mid-March, you know, sp- you know, spring break and just getting, you know, snowbirds and all that. That could be a good thing. But really, uh, I think that really hurts the, uh, the homestead date on the schedule because a lot of the intrigue out of that date was the fact that it was the championship race of the year. 
um, the final race of the year, so there was that added intrigue, made it so much better. Plus, I like the fact that it was a track they only went to once a year, whereas Phoenix, they go twice a year. Um, so teams kind of had a notebook, but I guess that was, that was one of the wild card options of the championship being held at Homestead was that it wasn't a track they go to earlier in the season. So they had a, they have a notebook from years prior, but they haven't been at that track of the year. So I thought that they would that added some intrigue on top of it. But that is the big change for 2020. Uh, also, and I should have prefaced this right at the beginning, uh, my, my bad on this, but the schedule is going to change even more in 2021. Um, NASCAR was has been kind of in this box. They've had five-year agreements with all the tracks. I did mention that before. So they couldn't take any races away from tracks uh, for 2020 because it's the last year of the agreement. So 2021, you're going to likely see some other changes where uh, tracks could be losing race dates. Uh, some tracks may go from two to one. Some new tracks might get added. You know, they might uh, condense the schedule. So that could be coming in 2021. So NASCAR wanted to change the schedule for 2020, but again, was still in this box of being in the final year of these five-year agreements. So we'll break down more with the the changes to the schedule. There's a lot to get through, but unfortunately, we have to go to the Western Hotline and bring in uh, one of our favorites here on the program, the president of Watkins Glen International, Hamburg native, Michael Printup is back on the line. Michael, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Buchanan. How are you? Doing well. It's uh, a little bit later in the season that we get you on the line, but great to talk to you once again here to in the 2019 season. And we're just talking about the schedule for 2020, and one of the dates that have moved around in the schedule is, of course, your date on the Cup Series schedule, where it's moved ahead two weeks to 2020 for next year. Uh, just real quick, just your uh, th- thoughts on where you land on the schedule and just uh, how all that came to be with working with NASCAR to make that date happen. Yeah, you know, it's next year's the Olympics year, so, yep. you know, it's always been troubling for us to to run against the Olympics, it'd be like running. It'd be like us running against the NFL uh, or my favorite team, the Bulls. <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, so it, it's just a. Uh, hopefully, it's just a change for one year. We'll, mm. uh, uh, we've been on that weekend for so long, and it's hard to move dates. But we all know it's for the better of the sport. So. Yes, for those that aren't aware, I didn't get a chance to go through all the changes before we got Michael on here this morning, but NASCAR is taking two weeks off. The last weekend of July, the first weekend of August are going to be off weekends, and that is basically because NBC told NASCAR, you know, why don't you guys just take those two weeks off so we can focus on the Olympics, and we're not putting, you know, the Watkins Glen race on CNBC or something the first weekend of August. Really, that that that's simple, Mike, black and white, that was just simply because of the Olympics is the reason for the date shift? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And we didn't request it, but I think it's smart for NBC and NASCAR to consider that because, you know, we, we weren't thinking about 2020 yet, but when they did the schedule, um, it all worked out. And uh, we're pretty, you know, we're content. It's still the summer. It's a lot of fun to have uh, uh, NASCAR and Watkins Glen in August. How much, you know, we just found out this week, but how long have you known that this was going to be coming? How long have these schedule talks been going on? Well, they've been going on for all winter, but uh, candidly, we found out about two weeks prior to the announcement. So, mm-hmm. um, um, so we we hadn't known a long time. But contractually, NASCAR has the right to move the, our date two weeks either way of our current date. So, uh, again, it was a smart move for NBC sure. for, for Watkins Glen and and for NASCAR. When you look at the schedule at the whole, Michael, a lot of facilities moving around. Uh, another one of the big changes is Daytona, the traditional you know, Firecracker 400, 4th of July weekend race. That is moving to the end of the regular season on August 29th. You know, the Southern 500, now the playoff kickoff race. What did you think about some of the other bigger changes uh, to the schedule and some of your sister ISC facilities? 
I think I think there were some awesome decisions there, and I'm really basing that off the fan reaction on social media. Um, you know, 90% of the comments were all positive about the date change. So if the fans think it's great, then of course I think it's great. So um, not to be a follower, but I, you know, we 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 all live and die by uh, what the fans think of our sport. So. Mm. Um, I think Phoenix closing out the season, I think that's awesome. I really enjoyed that move uh, versus Homestead. And um, nothing against Homestead, but I think it was time for a change. And I mm-hmm. think uh, Phoenix is a great place to be in in uh, in November. And, of course, with the, the, the changes, this puts you kind of a little e- – e- Everybody knows Watkins Glen is such a big race in August because it is towards the end of the regular season. It's that last road course race, but now you're just three races out from the end of the regular season. So if guys were already stressed out coming to your facility, Michael, they're going to have a little more stress in 2020. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Watkins Glen. You know, we they, those drivers put on a heck of a show. So uh, you know, we're hoping uh, you know it, it's closer to that. You know, it means more and more and more. To obviously make the playoff and and, and uh, playoffs in the chase, so I think it's I think it's awesome that uh, our position, our racing, the, the criticality of of uh, of the uh, of the playoffs. I think we're in a perfect spot, and you know we're going for our fifth sellout again this year. We're mm-hmm. tracking ahead of last year, so we'll do it again next year and make it six years in a row. Another facility very close to you guys is, of course, the Pocono Raceway there in Pennsylvania. I know you usually go there and uh, you know go hang out and talk to the folks over there, the Mattioli family and everybody at Pocono, and you kind of do your, your homework preparing for your date over there at Pocono. They have a unique twist on their races next year because they'll both be on the same weekend. That last weekend in June, it's a first-ever, as long as I can remember, cup doubleheader at one racetrack where they're going to host cup races Saturday and Sunday. What did you what did you think about that move by NASCAR and the folks at Pocono? Pocono. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I'm glad that they're doing it in June because it separates us in August. As you know, prior to the schedule, they were one week or two weeks ahead of us. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it just kind of drains the Northeast for for attendance. I mean, even though we're selling out, I mean, we know we can put a lot more people at Watkins Glen. So um, I'm I'm glad that they're doing it. I don't know about the double header. I guess we'll we'll wait and see. It's it's my same hesitation that I have on the road. I mean, it's not a real road course. Only us in Sonoma are the real <laughs> road courses. Um, and, and Sonoma and, Sonoma and uh, WGI are selfish in that way. But we yeah. have a right to be. We are a true, both of us are true road courses in North America. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i glad, uh, again, I'm glad that the dates moved in there in June. Uh, the double header, uh, you know, I don't know what that really does. Uh, I, time will tell, I guess. Michael Prince up from Watkins Glen International joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Uh, well, you, you you know where you're going to be in 2020. What about 2021? Uh, have there been discussions yet? I, I'm assuming you guys will just go back to your traditional first week of August date, but I guess nothing could be set in stone yet for 2021. But are the discussions already being held for that schedule as of yet? No, uh, uh, no, they're not. And, and I did ask. I said, okay, we're moving for 2020. What about 2021? They goes, we'll talk about that next year mm. in response. So uh, um, I'm assuming that we would go back to our traditional because, uh, again, 30-something years of, in your traditional spot is something to be recognized. And with us um, with us selling out and always having uh, one of the best uh, races in the country, I think that NASCAR obviously understands and appreciates that. We appreciate them. So uh, we're hoping we go back, but no, we haven't had those discussions yet. It really, I mean, the next two years, your team's going to have its work cut out for them. You've got to kind of educate your fan base now. You've got 
you, you've got over a year to do it. You've got a year and a half to do it, but you've got to educate everybody now that the, the date is shifted for 2020 and you may have to do it all over again next year with another date change. It's going to, I'm sure you guys are already, uh, your marketing team probably already c- trying to come up with strategies to kind of get the word out for what, for the schedule changes, I bet. Yeah, no question. You know, that's the hard thing. You know, date equity, um, again, having that first week of August for so many years, decades, um, date equity is the biggest thing any sport or, or, or any venue can have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because then you constantly really just mark it off of that. So you're absolutely correct. I mean, we're already working on our messaging. We're already talking about what, you know, what kind of communication we're going to have with the fans during the race weekend this year. Um, you say a year and a half, it seems like a long time, but it's not that long. Sure. And you've got to change people's habits, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you take off work that whole week. Yep. Um, all of a sudden, you've got to change, and maybe your business doesn't allow that. You know, so you know um, we're we're going to keep looking and keep marketing and keep pounding the pavement in terms of delivering that messaging. But I think uh, um, it is good we have a year and a half, but it'll go by very quickly. And it's a trickle down thing too. I mean, not only do you guys got to shift your focus. I mean, the whole the area, all the hotels, all the restaurants, everybody that staffs up or, you know, adjust their, their, their rates and everything that weekend, they've got to make adjustments. Uh, I mean, the short tracks in the area, I mean, we have the, the race of champion series that I work with. We've had that race at Shemung Speedrome that weekend on purpose. That's probably going to have to move next year. There's a lot of trickle down. It's going to be interesting to see it all uh, plays out here over the next couple of years. Uh, Mike, let's just, Mike, let's just talk about uh, your facility here for 2019. Anything big, new, and exciting that we should be uh, looking forward to this season at Watkins Glen? Yeah, as long as you don't tell anybody, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. So we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're um, we're doing some paving. We're we're having some fan display areas um, enhanced. So instead of grass, we're making it a hard hard surface. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that we're really working on this year is, as you know, we have the infamous berm the general admission berm and in the final turn Mm -hmm. turn 11 has been there for 50 60 years sure uh we are now going to put another grassy berm in turn one so we're going to build that big hill in turn one Hmm. so anybody for general admission can bring their chair and hang out we're going to put uh cabanas on the top uh kind of make it uh you know a little bit hollywoodish and uh, have private cabanas up there so you can buy them for 10 and uh, but then there'll be a big grassy knoll, for, and it'll be an awesome view because you figure coming down the front stretch, turning right in turn one, yeah. going up the S's, and then you have a big screen right in front of you, so you, you never miss the action. But uh, the view from that grassy knoll for general admission folks is uh, going to be awesome. We, we're, we're plumb just running out of space for general admission, and yeah. we always sell out the grandstand, so... Uh, we figure let's get creative and create some more areas for general admission folks to hang out, bring a blanket, bring a chair, bring a uh, bring your umbrella, and just kind of hang out and watch uh, some awesome racing in a general admission. Uh, uh, so that's the big one. Part part of my ig- ignorance, but I'm just trying to picture this in my head. Are you? Is that mean? Are you eliminating some grandstands in that area, or is this in an area where there are, currently aren't any grandstands? I'm just trying to picture turn one there going up to the S's in my head. Yeah, there's uh, in turn one. There's, there's no, we're not going to eliminate grandstands. We're okay. adding. We're going to add next to the grandstand. Okay. Um, there's a grandstand there that seats now about eight thousand people, mm. and there's plenty. There's about four hundred feet of area right there that we can okay. build up 
Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to be, we're, it'll be additional. It won't be subtracted. Got, gotcha. I, I, again, I was just trying to picture in my head and trying to figure out where that was going to be. But thank, thank you for clearing that up. So adding more seating to just to, as you said, to accommodate the, those general mission folks. Um, and of course, next weekend is your opening weekend and, and hopefully the, the weather's a little bit better next weekend, but tell the folks what they can come do at Watkins Glen next weekend, Michael. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, year it started off as a walk uh, it turned into a bike and then uh, about 15 years ago turned it into why not bring your own car and actually drive the racetrack and you've heard me say it before it's like you can't go play in the buffalo bill stadium you can't go throw pictures at yankee stadium but you can and we're some of the most famous people in the world that played football and baseball but you can you can come to Watkins Glen where the most famous racers in the world have raced from mm-hmm. mario andretti um, uh, uh, all the way down to Fittipaldi and everybody else, and the Elio Castro and everything, the list goes on. So you can come drive the racetrack. So you, for $25, and it's all charity, uh, that's the best thing is we, we pick a bunch of charities and we donate the money to them. Um, but you can come drive, the, take three laps. So we'll do about 4,000 cars that weekend. Wow. Uh, and people come from all over. We get about 1,000 cars out of one club <laughs> just out of Rochester alone. So. Uh, we get some great clubs out of Buffalo. A lot of people come down, um, and, and, and uh, it's nice. I don't know what it's like in uh, Buffalo today. Oh. But we had sixty. We had sixty-eight and sunny, sunny yesterday, and today it's like fifty. So oh, it's, it's not I, so I'd have, I'd have brushed my car off this morning, Michael. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Being a Buffalo boy, I, I, I understand and remember that. But, uh, uh, no, we, we, uh, it looks like the weather will be like 50, 60 next weekend. So, um, it, rain or shine, we do it. And um, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, come drive your car. And, again, it's all for good causes for charity. And all the uh, favorite dates are, are back on the schedule. The SCCA in late June, of course, the Salem Six Hours in late June. Uh, go blowing at the Glen, of course, for the Cup Series this year, the first week in August. And then you've got uh, Labor Day and the uh, the, the uh, Vintage Grand Prix the weekend after. So all the traditional fan favorite events are back on the schedule here for this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kicking off the season and Joe Salem and the Salem Packing Company, I mean, obviously we couldn't have it better recognized Buffalo brand. And as you probably also know, we signed a deal with Genesee this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have, uh, which is based out of Buffalo. Uh, uh, NA, NA, NA. So we're, um, we're really excited about that. Having Genesee beer back at the Glen, cause they were uh, here in the, in the sixties uh, and seventies with formula one. So we couldn't be more excited. And as you know, even went off uh, where you have Woodstock the 50th yes. anniversary this year as well. Yes, tell I know just just quickly for folks that don't know uh, the 50th anniversary Woodstock is going to be at Watkins Glen, but really you guys are just kind of hosting it, and really the everything else is being done by other people. But I'm sure you're glad to to have this large major event in music going to be happening in your facility this year. Yeah, we're really excited about it. I mean, 50th anniversary, it'll all be new. And if you look at the lineup, you know, it's all a newer lineup. Uh, my 21-year-old and 15-year-old were really excited about it. Not that I'm not excited about it, but you're right. We're just a landlord. We rented the facility to him. But Michael Lang, the original producer and owner of Woodstock, um, is, is bringing the show back. And, and they selected Watkins Glen because we can fit a lot of people. So we expect, you know, 100,000 people plus per day. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be a nice, great, summer show this year so we're looking forward to it 
Very good. Uh, last thing before we let you go, uh, I'd like to bug you about this maybe once a year, but uh, of course we used, you, you had the IndyCar series not that long ago, had some great races, Labor Day weekend, weren't on the schedule last year. Has there been any uh, talks with IndyCar recently with maybe getting back on the schedule in the near future? No, uh, not yet. I mean, Jay and I keep in touch. We just texted each other the other day. Jay Fry, the well, president and CEO of IndyCar, uh, we just we, we're we're good friends, so we stay in touch. Uh, but we haven't started discussing 2020. Um, I think uh, logically he, they're going through some changes as well as obviously as you just saw in NASCAR. So we want to make sure we secure our date back for 21. And I think uh, Jay and I will probably get on the phone. So I am speaking with his wife though, because there was some confusion in Indianapolis. Uh, his wife runs the USAC program, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to bring the USACs uh, to Watkins Glen during Cup Weekend next year. So. Uh, we're real excited about that. We're going to carve out a big piece of the parking lot on the infield. Whoa, 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 Wait, wait, dirt, wait, dirt racing at Watkins Glen. Is that what you're telling us, Michael? No, it'll be pavement. Oh, you got, you just got a lot of people really excited there for a minute. But this is still cool. So you're going to run a USAC, what is it, Silver Crown Sprint Cars? What? Now we got to go long because you got to tell me more about this. Well, uh, no, it's the it's the youth program, so it's, okay. it's the karting program. Okay. So, um, so we're really excited about that because um, you know it, it's obviously the youth is where we start our racing fans, and uh, Daniel, it was Danielle's idea, it was mm-hmm. Watkins Glen idea, uh, idea, and um, again, she's the wife of Jay Fry, the president of IndyCar. So we're looking forward to it. But you know what? Don't be too, don't be uh, uh, apolog- apologetic for your comment because we are looking maybe. It's uh, creating a dirt track um, in Watkins Glen in the future, next couple of years. You're, you're just playing with aren't you? Is, or is this real? <laughs> no, no, it's real. No, <laughs> wow. we, we've started it. We started the construction and uh, ideas and, and starting to take a look at what we could do. We're looking at, um, uh, candidly, we're looking at putting a dirt track inside the boot. Uh, we have there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of grass in there, and it's like we're just wasting land there. So mm-hmm. we're thinking about, and it's a natural amphitheater, as you know, because it's down you got a big hills around it. So um, uh, we're thinking that we can do it. So we started the design and looking at it. So. Wow. You're just, blow, you're just blowing a lot of minds this morning, Michael. That is super <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you for that. Thank you for coming on this morning and uh, talking a bit about the schedule and everything and uh, looking forward to heading back your way this August for the GoBowling.com at the Glen. Uh, Michael, uh, have a great opening weekend next weekend, and I'm sure we'll talk again real soon. Thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Michael Printup. All right, bye-bye. Breaking news and blowing minds this morning here on Fast Track. Watkins Glen thinking of putting a dirt track in the boot. Wait, d- wait. tomorrow's April Fool's. I, I-, I don't know. I- I- he's looking into it, he says, although tomorrow is April Fool's. Who knows? Uh, we'll take it for <laughs> what it's worth. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. All right, we get back. We'll talk uh, more about some of the schedule changes, today's race at Texas, and your phone calls. What do you think? Dirt racing at Watkins Glen. You heard it here first, uh, right here on Fast Track. This is Jimmy Johnson, driver of the Ally Chevrolet. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. And the seven-time champions on the pole today at Texas for today's O'Reilly Auto Parts 500. 11.33 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Still trying to compose myself after Michael Printup told us that Watkins Glen's looking to put a dirt track in the boot. He actually said that. So, crazy. They're also going to hold... Uh, I believe he meant to say he said go kart race. I think he might have said quarter mid might have meant quarter mid races because he mentioned USAC, but on a, a paved track uh, at the uh, at Watkins Glen next year during NASCAR weekend. So that's also pretty interesting news. But uh, 
yeah, dirt track in the boot at the Glen. If if he wasn't, like I said, tomorrow is April Fool's, but if he's serious, holy cow, that'll be something neat. Uh, 11.34 here on WGR's Fast Track. Dave Buchanan here. Uh, quickly look at the uh, lineup for today's race of Texas. As I said, Jimmy Johnson on the pole. William Byron joining him on the front row. Uh, Chevy front row, Hendrick front row, and make Chevy top three as Chase Elliott qualified third. Hendrick top three. Uh, Daniel Suarez fourth, who did it all by his lonesome in qualifying. He didn't wait for the pack to sit on pit road for 10 minutes. He went out there on his own and qualified fourth. Good for him. Uh, Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin in row three. Daniel Hemrick, again, impressive qualifying performance from that young man in seventh alongside Joey Logano. Uh, interesting row five, Ty Dillon, Bubba Wallace. Good performances for them in, in qualifying. Uh, running out the top 10, you've got Eric Jones and Brad Keselowski in row 6. Ryan Blaney qualifying 13th. Kyle Busch looking for the weekend sweep again this year, uh, qualifying in 16th. Martin Truex is 20th. Kyle Larson 22nd. Kevin Harvick 23rd. Clint Boyer not real thrilled with qualifying on Friday afternoon. Uh, qualified 25th. Ryan Priest in 27th. Kurt Busch back in 30th. Uh, but, yeah, qualifying continued to be a face-palming experience as uh, despite some of NASCAR's tweaks, the guy still pulled out of the stalls and then managed to sit on pit road until almost the last possible second, except for Daniel Suarez. And uh, actually, he and Eric Jones there on the, at the last session. But uh, trying to uh, continue to... NASCAR's going to have to continue to look at this qualifying uh, rules as with this aero package. Guys want to go out there in one big pack and they sit and wait there until the last possible second. It just looks embarrassing to me when they do it because I, I think it's silly when they just sit there and sit there and they tried to tell the guys not to block pit road and uh ryan newman blocked clint boyer and B boyer had a great animated interview one of his all-time best and he's had some great animated interviews in the sport in, in recent years but uh, he gave a great post-qualifying interview with jamie little on friday uh expressing his frustration with the whole system but uh, nascar is gonna have to continue to look at the qualifying uh, procedures for these mile and a half tracks when these guys all want to go out there at once, but, uh, you know, just want to sit there on pit road at the last possible minute. And it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so luckily they have Bristol next week. So they'll have another week to probably look at this or Bristol and Richmond. They'll have a couple weeks to kind of look at it before they have to make changes uh, to everything. Uh, but that was just, again, I just might as well just cut it. Just either, if they want to go out in a group, then either just say you have to go when the when we start the session, or cut the session down to like three minutes so they don't bother sitting there wasting everybody's time for seven eight minutes. It's just silly. So there's your lineup for today's race. Uh, quickly try and mention some of the other um, uh, some of the other changes to the 2020 schedule. We we started to, but then Michael came on and we tried to hit some of those with Michael as well too. Um, but again, the schedule will finish at Phoenix. Uh, Martinsville becomes the last uh, pre-championship race that the uh, we'll, let's look we'll break through the playoffs. So you've got uh, instead of Texas Martinsville Phoenix that kind of last round of the playoffs before setting the championship for it's now Kansas Texas Martinsville. The round before that is Vegas Talladega and then Charlotte, which will likely still be the Roval in 2020. So you got Super Speedway uh, sort of road course there, rounding out the the round of 12, and then the uh, first round of the playoffs now is uh, Darlington Southern 500, which will still be Labor Day weekend, uh, Richmond and Bristol. So Darlington and two short tracks. That's pretty cool too. And plus Bristol is on my birthday in 2020. Uh, so the Bristol night race now no longer in August, but now in mid September. 
uh, but still also shifts to a postseason race that make that a little bit better as well too. So I, I love the, how the playoffs are stacked up. I think as the the you know the those races to round out those rounds, you got Bristol, Roval, and Martinsville. So on top of them already being crazy races as it is, uh, now they're on you know racetracks that lent themselves to crashes and high dramatic moments. So playoff, I love the playoffs. Again, not thrilled with Homestead moving uh, as much as I like Phoenix being that championship race. Uh, I don't like the fact that Homestead's now back in March. But besides that, love the playoffs. So the regular season will end with Daytona. So again, no more Firecracker 400, 4th of July weekend. You've now got Daytona in late August, uh, hurricane season. Although, again, the chances of that are, are slim. But still, that's going to be weird, having the regular season finale on a play track and at Daytona. So your regular season starts and ends at Daytona. That is interesting, but I guess I'll take a wait and see on uh, how that's going to play out next year. And then you keep backing up into August before that Dover, again, Watkins Glen, Michigan. And then those two weeks off, as we talked about Michael Prince up, uh, NBC pretty much, I'm sure, just telling NASCAR, but uh, are work <laughs> getting them to agree to the fact they should just take two weeks off during the Olympics so NBC can focus their coverage on that. And so they're not forced to put races on CNBC or Bravo or something. So, uh, so, you've, got August, so you've got the first weekend of August off, and then you got Michigan, Glen, Dover, and then Daytona to round out the regular season. Uh, going back into the summer, not a lot of changes except for Indianapolis is now the 4th of July weekend race. Um, you know, that facility continues to is historic and as amazing as it is, it has not been kind to NASCAR in recent years. It's now that uh, it was in August or in J- late July. Then it became the uh, the uh, playoff or the regular season finale la- this year and uh, last year and this year. It's now in September. Now it's going back to 4th of July. I really wouldn't be surprised if it's not even on the schedule in 2021 as much as I'm sure NASCAR likes going to Indianapolis. You know, that'd be one of the races. If I was writing up the 2021 schedule, that'd be one of the races I'd love to get rid of just because it doesn't lend itself to great racing with stock cars. I mean, Indianapolis 500 is the greatest race in the world, but the cup race has not been great. So unless the racing get better there, I mean, and again, the the attendance has been down. Uh, Just take it off the schedule, in my opinion. So that might be one step towards that with Indianapolis being 4th of July weekend in 2020. The weekend before that, as we talked about Michael Prince up, Pocono hosting a doubleheader. Instead of having two summer cup weekends at Pocono, they've now combined them to one weekend, which will be interesting. They're going to run a cup race Saturday and a cup race Sunday. A lot of the... uh, logistics and minutia that I'm sure a lot of people are asking about has not been sorted out. Really, all they know is they're going to have a doubleheader weekend, and that's about all we know so far. Uh, don't know how long the races are going to be, You know what happens if it rains, all that stuff. I don't think they've gotten that far yet, at least not publicly. But they've also said there's still going to be uh, Xfinity and Arca, and I think even a truck race that weekend, so maybe as much as five races that weekend of Pocono. That's going to be crazy. But again, with the chances it rains at Pocono happening so often, you know, are, are we running one race on a Monday, potentially, if, if one rains out? If they both rain out, then what happens? A uh, lot of questions, and Pocono is working on, I think, answering on all those. But we'll see how that plays out. I think possibly with the Pocono doubleheader aspect, it might be a test run to save them having two races on the schedule come 2021 because that was another one where they could possibly lose a race once these sanctioning agreements end. So either the doubleheader weekend is great, and they do it again in 2021, or it doesn't go so well. All right, Pocono, thanks. We, we're we going to cut you, though, to one race date in 2021. We'll see what happens there. 
So, but that also takes a race weekend out of the schedule, which is why we're still fin- we're finishing a couple of weeks earlier than uh, they normally do next season. Uh, again, backing up the schedule here for 2020 for the Cup Series. So that puts us at end of June. Chicago mid-June, I think that's a slight change, but then Sonoma's got its kind of traditional June date. Uh, Michigan, Kansas, the All-Star races, no change there. Uh, Martinsville now moves to, oh, that's the other big thing. Martinsville moves to Mother's Day weekend, and it's a Saturday night race. Night racing at Martinsville, finally going to happen for the Cup Series. Of course, they put lights in last year. Uh, they held their big uh, late model race in September under the lights last year. Um, and there's been some, but there hasn't been a, a NASCAR a NASCAR major touring series event under the lights yet at Martinsville. We're going to get that next year on Mother's Day weekend. So that is going to be amazing to see a cup race under the lights at Martinsville. Um, going back to that uh, Mother's Day Saturday so that should be wild. That was a, one of the other big changes on the schedule. Uh, then before that, uh, backing up again, uh, first week in May is Dover. Then before that, Talladega, Richmond, off for Easter. Bristol is the first week in April, which is the same. Texas, last week in March, which will again, same as this year. Then again, we mentioned Homestead's now March 22nd. I've already talked about that. And Atlanta now also moves up a little bit. They have been the second race, the race after Daytona the last few years. That now they have moved after the West Coast Swing instead of before it. They've backed up the West Coast Swing, so they go Daytona, Vegas, California, Phoenix, and then Atlanta. So that, I think, buys Atlanta uh, about a few weeks' worth of good weather. Um, right in the middle, though, of college basketball season, Atlanta's such a fickle sports market as it is. You know, take it for what it's worth. Um, but they still remain a spring race, but uh, they do move up a few weeks, so maybe less of a chance of uh, bad weather there by moving up about three, four weeks there for the folks at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So I'm glad they've started to make the changes, but they're not done yet. Uh, we didn't get midweek races like some people had wanted. That might not be till 2021. Again, no new tracks next year because of the sanctioning agreements. You know, who's going to come in? Who's going to go out? There's been talks of the, the short track in Nashville uh, going on the cup schedule in the future. That might happen. Uh, what other tracks could they, they put onto the schedule it remains to be seen, but Obviously, this is a step in the right direction. Again, with the box they were stuck in with the sanction agreements, I'm, I'm, I like it so far. And uh, I, but some some changes, the questions will remain until the events take place. So we've got over almost two full years or o- over a year to figure out, um, you know, what's going to happen. And we, we won't know until it really happens, I guess. For for some of these, especially the Homestead, uh, the regular season finale at Daytona, we'll take a wait and see approach on those, but. Some of the other changes, ending at Phoenix, the night race at Martinsville, uh, all pretty cool stuff. So there, there is a, a look at the 2020 schedule, and uh, it is just, uh, again, one of these steps that we talk about the, the transition year to 2021, uh, getting there. Well, the schedule is one of those things that was going to change and uh, really change the future of the sport, and uh, that, that is the first step in that section. Looking forward to seeing how it continues to play out. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, wrap up this edition of Fast Track. Formula One is in action right now as we're on the air. We'll uh, give you an update if you're not watching that. Also, a couple modified races yesterday down south. We'll talk about that, and you can take your phone calls, too, at 803-0551, 888-552-550. Your thoughts on the schedule? Um, Watkins Glen moving ahead two weeks. What else do you want to talk about with schedule changes? What do you like? What do you don't like? Uh, feel free. Chime in here at 803-0550. We get back on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Brad Keselowski. Driver of the number two discount tire Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 1150 here on WGR's Fast Track. 
Wrapping up this week's edition, F1 in action right now on ESPN2 uh, at Bahrain, the Grand Prix of Bahrain. And uh, Ferrari swept the front row in qualifying. Charles Leclerc, first ever pull in F1. And uh, he currently leads the race. And uh, I'm sorry, they just cut to a replay, so I can't see the standings at the moment. But it was an all-Ferrari front row at Leclerc and Vettel. Mercedes had row two. And, uh, oh, they're one and two now. Vettel has gotten around Hamilton during that commercial break. So it's Leclerc, Vettel, Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen for Red Bull. Uh, right now running out the top five. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo running in six. Nico Hulkenberg in seven. He's having a great battle at Kimi Raikkonen. They were just showing a minute ago. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Lando Norris for McLaren is ninth. And Pierre Gasly uh, for Red Bull right now rounding out the top ten. Uh Right now at Bahrain, they're on uh, 24 of 57 laps. That uh, is over on ESPN2. If you need something to watch here before uh, NASCAR today, that is live right now. So uh, thank you for the tweets. Uh, people enjoying the action, watching that this morning, bringing that to our attention. Uh, modified racing, we had a couple races down south. Uh, they were uh, the NASCAR Modified Tour held their second race of the year at South uh this time at South Boston, Ronnie Silk picked up the win, his first NASCAR modified win in a couple of years, getting the win over Chase Dowling, uh, Jimmy Blewett, Kyle Bonsignor, Burt Myers running out the top five. Patrick Emmerling, another deep run for Patrick. He did it in the open or two at Myrtle Beach. Uh, qualified 19th, but wound up 7th. And uh, kind of the same story for Tommy Catalano, who started up near f- the front. He qualified third in the opener, but didn't fare well. And fortunately, again, for Tommy, same story. Uh, qualified on the pole, led the first lap of the race, but unfortunately came home 17th, uh, but did pick up his first career NASCAR modified pole, uh, finishing 17th. Brother Timmy uh, had some engine problems, dropped out early on. He finished 27th yesterday. So now they've got their two uh, south races to kick off the season with Myrtle Beach and South Boston. Next weekend is the traditional uh, icebreaker at Thompson, followed up at the end of April with the Sizzler uh, at Stafford Springs uh, for the NASCAR modified tour before uh, they take a take off on the rest of their 2019 schedule. And then there was a modified race actually at Richmond International Raceway yesterday. Um, it was supposed to be last fall, but it got rained out and it got scheduled to this weekend. And unfortunately, was I think the modified count hurt because of the fact that the, the NASCAR cars were at South Boston. So they only had 10 modified show up. But Matt Hirschman was there and uh, Matt picked up the win over Andy Sice, who was driving uh, the uh, too quick house car owned by Ricky Kluth, built and owned by Ricky Kluth out of Rochester. Uh, Bobby Miesmer finishing third. Jimmy Zacharias fourth. Brian Dawsett uh, rounded out the top five, again, but only ten uh, modifieds there. Richmond on top of some other uh, racing they had there, uh, late models, uh, mini stocks, similar stuff they had there at Richmond uh, this weekend. Scary incident in the late model race. They were under some kind of red flag, and a crew member hopped the wall and threw stuff at one of the other competitors and then tried to climb in the window and the guy took off and the guy fell out of the car. That's uh, you can find that on Twitter. That was pretty scary stuff. Um, Unfortunately, uh, just another example of why you should not run out on the racetrack, even under a red flag. Uh, Also great finish yesterday in the K&N West series race uh, at Irwindale, which still remains open despite every year. It seems like their story of its demise and then it never comes to be Uh, Irwindale still open. And uh, Trevor Huddleston picked up the win on an amazing last lap finish, challenging former drag racer, Tanner Gray, uh, they crossed the finish line side by side. Huddleston got the win, and then he proceeded to wipe out going into turn one on the cooldown lap. I don't think Tanner took him out or anything after the checkered. He just was probably just so pumped from winning, he just lost the handle and backed it into the turn one wall. But uh, great to see that that uh, Irwindale racetrack continues to live on despite it was supposed to have closed like five times by now. They they keep sell- the property sold, but the developer just doesn't 
do anything with it, so they just let them keep open it every year. It wasn't even supposed to open for this year. It's crazy. Uh, but some uh, regional racing going on out there. Uh, coming up this weekend here locally, no on-track action as of yet. But if you want to see race cars, but they're just standing still and they're inside of a shopping mall, uh, next weekend is the annual car show at the Outlet Mall in Niagara Falls for Ransomville Speedway. Uh, they'll be there all weekend, Friday to Sunday. Uh, Saturday is a fun day. They've got a kids' coloring contest. They've got a driver autograph session at 6 o'clock. And then the uh, Miss Ransomville contest following that up. So if you're looking for something to do next weekend and you're in Niagara Falls, uh, go check out the Ransomville Car Show uh, out at the uh, Outlet Mall there in the falls. I'll be there on Saturday night, so hopefully i uh, see you as well, too. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to re-listen to that quote from Michael and look, <laughs> trying to, again, part of me is like, oh, my God, he's breaking news that they're building a dirt track on my show and part of me is like is he pulling my leg and tomorrow is april 1st but uh still crazy stuff uh thanks for listening we'll be back next week with more fast track here on wgr this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.